Hey girl, hey. 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 Here we go again. I do. Still have something yes, I do. Okay. So, <laughs> I usually start off as a slumber party so uh, after a couple <laughs> glasses of wine. <laughs> and then there becomes a slumber party. <laughs> hey girl, hey. <laughs> LaShawn Tipton, better known as the Chatter Chick. Hey, hey. I am the millennial chick, Jerry Tipton. Hey, girl, hey. 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 Hey, hey girl, hey, podcast, Urban Media. Today, I'm your radio chick, Kiki Brown. Check in, girls. Well, I am the Chatter Chick, LaShawn Tipton. <laughs> and I'm the millennial chick, Jerry Tipton. Done. She changes it up every week, I swear. Jerry, Jer, Jer, the rapper, whatever you want to call him. She is not a rapper. <laughs> she is not a, she has not dropped one bar. She, she hasn't she done bars yet. You're not a I bar. Have time to practice my, I have time to practice now. Mm, I have nothing yeah, to practice. Really, Jerry. <laughs> really, Jerry. So we, we have guests in the studio. This is an Empower Women, Empower Women episode. You may be familiar with them. If not, you will be today. Ladina Anderson is here. She is in the building or on the, the, the Zoom page. Hey. <laughs> hey. And hey. Muffy Mendoza is here. Muffy. Hey, bro. Hey. Yes. Hello. Hello. We are going to concentrate on these two young ladies uh, in the second half of the show. But first things first, you know, if you listen to the Hey Girl, Hey podcast, uh, then you know we got to tackle some hot topics first. And then LaShawn puts her little funny spiel to it. Why not? I wish we could change topics, but for now, it's always the coronavirus. So we're just doing a corona update. Pennsylvania is doing the 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 color the the stay at home policy they're doing the, we we got to play green light yellow light red light stop now remember that game back in the day am i yeah i'm hearing we yeah. may have to do that and then he laid out the the policies for that i have my own with that uh whatever he puts out i'm waiting three weeks later to do yeah, that <laughs> i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago whenever they do lift this working from home thing or and everything is back to normal i'm still staying in the house it's just and i don't it's not going to be over yet and then they talking about when the fall or winter comes it's going to be a second round it's going to hit us even worse than what it did mm-hmm. this time you know um mm-hmm. the only way that we can really tackle this uh, virus is if the whole city was shut down like literally nothing was nothing can be open that's the only single way but it, it's not going to happen because people still need to get stuff and go to the pharmacy go to the grocery stores but it's just it's going to continue to linger on when we go back to work I feel like it's going to get worse if they told me we can go out tomorrow I'm still here in the house <laughs> I'm just not ladies I agree with Jerry. Yeah, stay in the house. Yeah. Um, I think that's what Keisha Bottoms, yeah. the mayor of Atlanta, was talking about. She's upset. She's pissed. And yeah. she is sister mm, pissed. She so She's pissed like, off. she's pissed. Like she is yeah. mad. First of all, I love her because her name is Keisha. <laughs> mayor Keisha. Yes, Keisha. Yeah. Um, but she's been yes. receiving death threats because she's against the governor of yep. Georgia's decision to open up Atlanta. So she's been receiving death threats. I understand where people are frustrated because unemployment checks have not come in. People are struggling. They're not able to pay their bills and they're losing business. Oh my goodness. Um, Yenzer's here in Pittsburgh burned down in a fire yesterday. So they were already shut down due to um, the the coronavirus and the and the, the mandatory shutdown. So they were losing money on that. Now this man does not have a business. There is to, going I don't to want to just target that one, but this is like the most recent, you know, devastating yeah. news. So it's it's I understand well, their there's, anger. There's going to be plenty. There's going to be plenty of, of businesses uh, burning down. I'm just saying until they can get their money, but there's going to be a lot of businesses. I'm not saying I'm catching them on fire. I'm just saying. What keep you a look saying, on. Scooby? Are you saying? <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. I don't <laughs> think we want to go on the record. I'm saying what I I said. What I said. I said. Um, I just said. <laughs> look out for it. You look out that for it. So funny every time. I said what I said. <laughs> Okay. Just look out for a lot of businesses burning. I'm not saying that's what happened with that particular building. No, I did not say that. But I just said, look out. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So it I is time. It, we're going to play this game. We actually, did we just tried this last week and I thought we, it was fun. Uh, I never realized. Yeah. Oh, so man, like, since, since being on shutdown, there's certain things that you just have not, that you have not realized. I will say this. One thing I have not realized, and somebody might get offended by me saying this, Black people are really racist. We are mad. We hate everybody and everything. I yes. knew that already. <laughs> but I just started to see just certain things like, mm, I mean, you know, like, well, Black people can't get the coronavirus. Oh, how come, you know, Black people, not they get the disease. How come it's more Black people than anything? I mean, yes, these facts are true. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Or maybe I was just around a couple of racists that were Black. No, yeah. So am I wrong? I don't have receipts. These are just things that I'm realizing. That I, I don't appreciate. I'll just say one thing I don't appreciate. That Black people had the Don't Rush Challenge. And then two weeks later, I'm seeing all these people doing the same challenge that happened to not be Black. That's what I don't like. And then they're changing it and making it do different things that is not the Don't Rush Challenge. I just feel like the things that we do during coronation should be ours and not for everybody. See? Coronation. (laughs) See? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? See what I mean? Just what I'm saying. Why can't we have TikTok? Why can't we just own TikTok? Why I got to be take take care of everything? Well, they do. They do. They had uh, Jalea, or I think that's her name. She had a um a dance challenge that she put on TikTok, and a white uh, female took it and made it her own. So they brought her on to I think it was like a show with uh, Shaq, Dwayne Wade, and I can't remember the young lady. And they honor her for making up that dance because mm-hmm. somebody took it. And they happen mm-hmm. to yeah. be not black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it blew uh, up. Once the little white girl did it, it blew up. But right. Yeah. Right. Wasn't nobody thinking about. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. This is something that's not new for us. We're used to this. I mean, They've our, been parents, doing this stuff. our grandparents, yeah. all they have been, our dancers have been their dancers. I mean, yeah. everything. We, we, what we tip. eat, they didn't like. Now they sell it in their stores. It's oh, just, yeah. It is what it is. It's hair, everything, what? you know, literally. Cor- oh, don't get me started on the hair. That, I, I think, I don't know, it, just, it makes me so bad with the hair. It really does. Like, I mean, I, I, everyone's entitled to how, you know, but it just comes from Black culture. You know, braids mm-hmm. come from Black culture. Dreads, Black culture. We talked we about that with the girl, with the Cash Me Outside girl, and she was Yeah, happy. yeah, and mm. then what makes me so mad is like, if I was to go on one interview with braids, will I get the interview? But if a white girl going to with braids, oh, it's so nice. It's so this, so that. I just don't like how they take our stuff and it's like they try and reinvent it. Like, you know what I mean? Like when Kim Kardashian had some braids, they called them boxer braids. Are you serious? Like they're cornrows that we've been wearing them before. Our ancestors have been wanting for years and years. You know, twists and plots. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I just don't like, you know, how they try to take it still like you see still in you know and like oh we created this oh we did that no you didn't <laughs> you, you didn't do anything at all so and i think that's why we be all hypersensitive about stuff right yep yeah because we just be constantly trying to get something that nobody else could take like if we can have the coronavirus why y'all got that i'm not saying that that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that we're always looking for something like we just want to have yeah. something right that belongs to us one because thing. every time we get something they try to one up us <laughs> well that doesn't yeah. make you but that's that doesn't funny. make you a racist that doesn't make you a racist that just I makes mean, you a quarter of your people but there are just things that i'm seeing that i'm seeing and i'm hearing that is just downright like yo seriously like oh well i don't want to say the person that said it is racist because he's not a racist and he actually brought up a good point um he said i don't even know how long we've been talking i'm supposed to be keeping time um he said with our european family that was downtown with their assault rifles upset because pennsylvania was closed they'll have some of our brown 
brothers with their assault rifles and Mac tens or whatever you call them, then yeah. we have a problem. Yep. It's the problem. No, it's it and that's true. So, yeah. That is definitely true. They would have been but all I'm, shot I'm starting to hear a lot of those things, a lot of these conversations more now. So just yep. me being on quarantine, that's what I've realized. Not just me taking over, but has anyone realized anything that you've never noticed before? I knew about white privilege, but it's gotten heightened uh, yeah you know I mean I've seen that even with um uh the boy who got killed over here uh, when bred off by the white cop you know what I mean I've seen that white privilege oh, and, yeah. but now with the virus it's even you know like what's the point of the the protest and the burning thing down and the rifles and like, we couldn't dare go outside with a gun even if we had a license they would still you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it's it's ridiculous so I've noticed that since I mean it's nothing but complaints and this and that like I get the frustration people are out of the job some people aren't working and you know they want to go back to work like you said unemployment still hasn't right. kicked in but this is happening for a reason you know you want to rush and get back to work and think everything is fine and then less than a week later you're in a hospital die you know what would you rather do you know, right. would you rather be broke or dead? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're, this is all happening for a reason. So okay, that's my take on that. We're going to go for the full 30, and then the second half will be 30. So, LaShawn, mm-hmm. I know you said something. We're not going to take a 15-minute break. You go, I mean, break at the 15, but you go ahead. We're going to just keep going. Go ahead. Oh, what I'm realizing during this corona mm-hmm. period, that some people look so much better with those masks on. <laughs> I swear, I those on the regular people. So I realized that at least you don't have to deal with nobody's funky breath. Yes, you do. Uh, oh, that's not a good mask. I you didn't smell. Yeah, I smelled someone's breath through their mask, and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know, did you? Because it was supposed to be the mask that I had. Was Wait, why Muffy took a sip? Muffy was like. Well, because the mask that I had was supposed to be one of those good masks. And I'm thinking to myself, because, you know, you should be able to, you know, smell your own breath. You know what I mean? And I I wonder about this. If you have a mask on, you can smell your own breath. Now, there's some people who are offensive all the time. Mm. So now when you got that back at you, why aren't you working with that? But this this wasn't my breath. I smelled their breath because they smoked cigarettes. And I was like, staring at them like, oh, my God, I'm smelling your breath through my mask, which was one of those good masks, and I can smell, I can smell them. So I think there's some things people need to work on. Work on Mm. that breath with that mask. Work on that breath with the mask on. The breath. Ladies, the breath. (laughs) The breath. Breath. Sister Charlene, you know Sister Charlene from all the Facebook church ladies? She said, yep. if you don't wash your ass, you're going to hell. That's what she said. <laughs> if you don't wash your ass, you're going to hell? She said, she said, if you don't wash your ass. It's the truth. I love her. There's a lot of people. After the quarantine. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the thing, too. We've been in the house for a month. If right. I go past someone's house when this is over and your house is trifling, you just trifling. Because you had a you whole month. Yep. Clean that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just trifling. Right. Maybe like, we're just finger. busy. Maybe they were essential workers. And they were busy. You home all day. No, but some Why of us ain't home all day. What? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I know I'm Medina. a neat freak and I, I know that. Like every, you know, y'all been to my, like my, I know where things are in my house. I know that. I can go to my closet. My closets have been rearranged and everything because during this time, and I've been working too. So mm-mm, don't have no trifling house. If I come past your house and your house is trifling, I'm fighting you on spot. You mean <laughs> on site? That's what's up. Is it yeah, on, on site? On it's on site. site. That's okay. Spot. I'm dropping oh. you on the spot. Okay. All right. Ladina, what did you notice? Did you notice anything? I can't with her. But we got to get the laughs out now because it's going to be serious in the second half. <laughs> what what you said, just the, um, mm-hmm. just seeing the heightened uh, prevalence of uh, white privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you know, back in the day in the nineties, where you know sometimes guys in the hood would wear the mask and stuff like that, and getting pulled over by the cops and frisked and stuff like that, and all you're doing is walking down the street. But now all yep. of a sudden, you know, we have 
everyone in there. And you had, like she said, is you have people down there downtown with rifles and nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, if it had been us, I just feel, I personally feel as if it would have been different. The Go march ahead. was downtown and not in Homewood. So if that march would have been in Homewood, it would have been a totally different But thing. if they would have mm-hmm. been all black, it would have oh, been yeah. a by the police. Yeah. I mean, because look at what happened when um, Antoine Rose. Yeah, Antoine Rose. That's the demonstration. This stuff has been happening before this corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, they did it when the mayor closed the, the city county building for with guns and stuff like that. So they were upset about that. Um, you, some of us are mothers. You are mothers of smaller babies. But have you noticed that you've gotten more crafty, more artsy? You making lamps and no, okay, no projects. LaShawn, you had a project at the, around the house. I did. You noticed that you guys have grown green thumbs or? Yeah, my, my, my godchildren, I've, I've been working on uh, things with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't feel like, I'm in my office right now. I don't feel like going upstairs and getting some of our crafts, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Just that yeah. would have loved to have seen that. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna take a break in like six minutes. Anybody wanna, t- and we have to wrap mm-hmm. up the news so we can get to the serious subject. Girl chat that happened on the reel. Jerry Jerry wanted to talk about this. Jerry did not want to bring this up. She didn't bring this up as to something that she realized because maybe she has a habit of retail shopping. <laughs> yes. Really? So Jerry yeah. got her yes. little check and she's been yes. spending yes. all kind of money. So um, any stupid things you guys purchased while on quarantine? I- I'll share my story. I, I purchased a phone stand that happened last month. I purchased it last month. I totally uh-huh. forgot about it and was like, wait, didn't I purchase a, a, a phone stand? It's not here. And I forgot that I ordered pink. It was, it's pink. And I don't know why I ordered pink. Wait, what was it? It's a, a phone stand, a stand for my phone, which I uh-huh. ordered a month oh, ago. Okay. Um, it's coming yeah. from China. So there's that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. My purchases, I wouldn't say were dumb, like they were necessary. But I could have held Let off. Let us on be them. the judge. I could have held off on them. Like, okay, I did buy some more books. Even, like, I'm trying to read more. Okay. I did buy some more books. I bought a couple of things for, like, my room. Um, and I was buying, like, some more clothes, but, like, workout clothes. And I'm starting to work out and stuff more. You know what I mean? But then, like, little stuff, you know, like, stuff that could have waited. But I have been on Amazon more and more and more and more because, I mean, there's never, nothing else to do. You know, there's nowhere else I could buy stuff from except from like Target or Walmart, but I don't want anything from there. So I'm looking at stuff for my car. I'm looking at more stuff for my room. And, you know, it's, you're not buying any trampolines. Nobody's buying any playgrounds for the no, backyard that, that you don't have a backyard that for. Was a bit of- no, now she's okay. talking on a trampoline now. I'm not that new. <laughs> Amanda Sills bought a trampoline because she got trampoline money. She got the got. money. So she got the money yeah. for it. Anybody else buy anything crazy? I know this is like a stupid subject, but I want to wait. I want to see if y'all walk around, if y'all be walking around here with some boas and some some raccoon coats and some some furs that y'all didn't got from Amazon or whatever. <laughs> Y'all walking around with another 30 days, people will start buying stupid stuff. If, it, if this lasts another 30 days, I think you're gonna start to see the dumb purchases really come out of focus. Mm-hmm. If they haven't yeah. bought anything yet, yeah, they will. So I, you haven't, have, I haven't gotten a check or anything, I haven't gotten my uh, corona I haven't check either. Yet. So I'm like, oh, but I'm going to, I better get one because it's about to go down. But what <laughs> I've noticed that I um, and I'm about to get them on spot. Whatever, whatever. On site, but okay. It's, it's on yes, spot. Watch, I changed the language. Watch, everybody's gonna be saying that now. On spot. Whatever. Nobody okay. will say that. Nobody Watch. will say that. No, nope, not now. at all. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody. Okay. That's so, fine. But what I've have noticed no, is that um, I have I've um went to Home Depot because I like to, you know, plant stuff and do plants around my house. That Home Depot is busy because yep. people, people working in do-it-yourself projects. 
You have husbands in Home Depot who are running from their wives. So they're in there trying to find something to do. I need a wall. I just need to buy a wall. Like, I don't care what kind of wall. I need a brick wall with yellow bricks. I bought a lawnmower. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do my own landscaping. So I bought a lawnmower and a weed whacker and yeah. I'm going to buy like me it. some bricks so I can build me a wall. That's what we're going to do. All right. Those of you who have not noticed, we have some guests in with us for this week. Hey, guests. Um, Empowered Women, Empowered Women uh, episode of the Hey Girl, Hey podcast. Ladina Anderson is the author of Killing Grace, A Rise to Restoration. And Muffy Mendoza is the author of Brown Mama's Mindset, a blueprint for Black moms on life, love, and home, and the founder and creator of the Brown Mama Monologues, which I am participating in this year. We're going to get more into that uh, in the second half of the Hey Girl, Hey podcast right here on Urban Media Today. Looking for some magic? Urban Media Today Radio. For the very best in adult and urban music, listen to us on our app at TuneIn or Live 365. Urban Media Today features great music, entertainment updates, HBCU sports, breakfast toast and jams mixes for your morning wake-up, and sports. Like us on Facebook. Twitter, or Instagram, and register to win prizes on a weekly basis. All right here on Urban Media Today Radio. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Hey. So we have guests in the studio. Why am I saying the studio? So we have guests here with us. We are normally in the studio. My job is just... uh, and we're on Zoom, and you'll be able to see us on, on YouTube. Uh, you'll be able to see the video online. Uh, we have two guests in with us, and LaShawn, Jerry, and I are just our normal Hey Girl, Hey Selves. And so we're just acting goofy and quirky, and we're making hand gestures and crack, cracking jokes. And Ladina and Muffy just sitting there like... <laughs> they like... I don't know about this. I have notes. Um, I have notes. <laughs> I'm just ready to get this interview over. Right. Well, wait a minute. Muffy has Can her hand on her face, face, like, oh my. She just <laughs> sipped her tea. I don't know how many times. Um, anyway, welcome to the welcome to the show, ladies. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for yes, agreeing to, so to join us coming. today. Yeah. Thank you. So. Um, Ladina and I know each other, but you and LaShawn, do y'all hear this? We know each other. <laughs> Not like do y'all that. Hear, do y'all hear <laughs> yes, my, my dog toy? Can y'all hear? Okay. Well, take the toy out of his mouth. Shoot. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Ladina. If I take one, he's going to go in the room and grab another one. And I'll take that one. He's going to go but in the anyway, room and grab another one. I've been, anyway. knowing, I've been knowing Ladina for how? Well, actually, Ladina. Is the mother of my children. <laughs> I told her to go ahead and have the kids. I love her kids. I love her kids. So I adopted her kids. I said, you can go ahead and have them, child. I'm so would you say you're her baby mama? Yeah. Of one. Of one. Of one. She accepted one. the rest, but it's yeah. just one. Okay. Just one, the first one. Those boys, I'm like, you can keep those boys. But her first <laughs> one, her daughter. I got to tell you the story about, about when her daughter was a baby. How old is she now? She'll be 25. Yeah, because I was probably like about, I'm probably like 28. But anyway, when her when her baby, when she was little, I had her daughter all day, right? Went over Ladina's house, went and got her. And this baby smiled and grinned at everybody. Oh. And I've taken her home, and Ladina's dad has said to me, so how she didn't eat much because there was only like a little bit of you know there was the her food was still there. I had her all day. I didn't even feed her. She didn't even cry. She was like, "Yeah, <laughs> baby." No wonder she's my. Can you see why she's my favorite? The guilt because you don't want her to sue you. That's what. <laughs> when I bought her home, her dad was like, "She didn't even touch the bottle." What do you have bottles at your house? And I was like, "Oh yeah." 
do eat, don't wow. All day. All day. Took her around to everybody because I, I love her little cheeks. Took her around and had visiting people. And they were like, oh, she's so cute. They're picking up in there. She's smiling at them, everything. She never cried for a bottle or nothing. Oh. No, she's my self. favorite. She's my Sean cannot watch any babies. Got it. No, nope. that's right. <laughs> Muffy and I have known each other. We've known each other how long? Because we worked together, sort of, kind of, and we've known each other for a while. And then I left. Say it again. I said I was an intern. You was working. I was just watching. Uh, <laughs> at at, at Whammo, at the original Whammo, and I came back and from living in Baltimore, and uh, Muffy reached out to me and asked me to host one of her Brown Mama monologues. And since then, I've been just in awe of everything that she's done, just connecting um, Brown Mamas together and and collectively putting their stories together. That's an inspiration to so many who may have gone through the same traumatic experiences or might and don't even know it, you know what I mean? So we'll get into that. Um, but first we're gonna talk to uh, Ladina. Explain your book, Killing Grace, A Rise to Restoration. So what's the book about and who is it for? Um, the book is about my personal experience and a couple of people that I know um, who wanted to contribute to the book about mm -hmm. just going through the process of having abortion and the emotional effects cold it takes on us. Um, and I was just talking to my husband about that because he was kind of prepping me. But my book is for anyone and it's male or female. I just mm -hmm. want people to read it to understand that, like you said, people go through things you just don't know they go through things. And mm -hmm. then once you realize that, you're like, that weight is lifted. Mm -hmm. So I want the weight to be lifted off the shame that may come with it. Cause it's so taboo to talk about. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about it. And I talk about it from a spiritual perspective because a lot of people and women in the church have had them, just don't talk about it. Mm. Yeah. Talk about and knowing that even as men, you know, I'm not a man, but knowing that you have a per you have a responsibility as well to bring some insight, some input. And if you probably are they probably are affected about by it, but they're not saying anything. They're not but, expressing it. No. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned shame along with guilt and neglect is something that you mentioned in your book. Why are those titles automatically received by mothers if they're making a decision to terminate a pregnancy? Knowing that it could be something that's probably gonna save your life, something that you're just not prepared for. I don't know if you can answer the question, but you mentioned shame, guilt, and neglect. Why those? Well, so from a parent, I can only speak from my experience, my, uh, and which has, uh, spiritual connotations to it is just that if you're growing up in a church and you've always been told to wait till marriage and do things like that and you decide hey you know what this just this one time and then you do get pregnant there's a lot of talk if you hear what is said about other women who have had children Mm -hmm. You might deal with the thing of not being accepted. You know, um, one of my friends has talked about, you know, being sat down or um, how they talk about you behind your back, mm -hmm. you know, or just the looks that you give. They talk more about what the decision that you made to have sex, but they're not really talking about well, how did you get here and how can we help you and work through that process? Mm. And so for, for females, we are nurturers. We're probably a little more emotional than our male counterparts. So, you know, when you hear things like that, not unless you grew up in a tough household, you're going to internalize a lot of that. And I, I feel like some of those things that I internalized. And so it was looked at as shame, 
and the guilt of doing it. One, because you're killing something. And, you know, if you were growing up in the church, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. So you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm going to hell for this, you know? But at the end of the day, somebody has done something to violate one of those Ten Commandments. And where is the grace? Right. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? So I, I, I get that. I, I read your book and, um, you know, when I first, we've been friends for a long time. And so whenever you first bought the book out, I purposely didn't read it because there were some issues and things I had to deal with with myself mm-hmm. when it came to that. Um, I had to deal with on different levels, on a judgment level, on feeling guilty level, or different things, especially as being a Christian. Because when you're in the church, no, everyone tells you, you know, that's wrong, that's a sin, but nobody wants to talk to you about the forgiveness of it. Right. And that we all do sin. Right. You know what I mean? So it was, it's such, and for women in the church, we got sat down from positions, everything, but there was a, there was a young man or a boy that was with us who still goes along and get, lives his life. So, you know, but whenever I read your book and I looked at it, I said, oh, it's not, it's not really about the whole thing with the abortion although that's a big part of it but it was a more of a redemption and you know how how although this happened you're still forgiving god still loves you people sin on a daily everybody wants to go for that one sin but if you're if you eat too much if you're glutton if you if you're looking at someone there's so many things that cause a sin there's no big there's no small but there's always forgiveness so i I got that from reading your book So I'm glad. <laughs> you mentioned abortion. Is that, that's the main subject um, for right. the book. I would say character. Um, was it hard for you to, because it's such a, I don't want to use the word gloomy, but it's such a hard and heavy subject. It's such a mm-hmm. vulnerable subject. How did you prepare yourself to speak on that subject and to share your personal your personal story, you mentioned your husband, but what was it that made you say, okay, I got to do this? So prior to writing this book, um, the way my story came out in church um, or around church folk was that I went with someone from my church. There was a group of us and we had a mind group. We mind, but then we talked to um, the youth that were at Schumann Center. Mm -hmm. And so when I was talking about the redemptive part of it and being restored, it was to say that just because you're sitting here doesn't mean that we haven't done anything to displease God. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, right. I, I mean, in technical terms, I'm a murderer. Mm. I was like, but God still forgives me. Right. He still has a purpose for my life. And when I spoke that to them and how they received it in positive ways, it encouraged me. However, the flip side of that was some people didn't really accept that, you know, as far as parents, because I hadn't told my parents at all. Mm. So that's the way they found out. But Mm. it freed me. So when it came time for me to um, write my book, I had a lot of other people who encouraged me. So like there are um, flowers in there. So each flower represents one of the people that I know personally who has gone through this experience. And then having um, my book coach actually walk me through that. So there were just, I just had a village of people who inspired me and encouraged me to write. So I was thinking, oh, it'll be longer. No, I was like, it's going to be what it's going to be. So that's it. Muffy, her story is similar to the women who perform at your Brown Mama's monologues. Um, A lot of decisions that women had to make to decide to have a family, start a family, rather start a family by themselves, through rape, through, you know, stories of abortion, stories of... Uh, I mean, it's so much. Um, this is this the platform that you started, the Brown Mamas uh, Crusade. Um, you know, stories like this, or it started with your own. Like, let's get a backstory on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ladina's story definitely hit. I didn't even know that's what your book was about. So first, I just want to say 
that takes a lot of courage that I'm mm -hmm. very familiar with firsthand because I actually performed in my show last year and my performance was about having um, a fourth trimester uh, abortion. And so I'm, I know that experience very intimately um, and it's a very difficult decision to make. I had, I had my abortion, uh, we are in 2020, so that was, my son is 18, that was about 16 years ago. And it took all 14 of more years for me to get to a point where I could even talk about it in public and actually heal from it. Right. Um, and it took about, it was about eight months before I actually did my monologue, before I was completely healed to the point where anybody can come to me and talk about it now. And I'm just like, well, that's in my past. I forgave myself. God been forgave me. Like I'm moving on from mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Right. You know, the Brown Mama monologue is specifically for that purpose. It's for moms who have a testimony, moms who have healed from a situation and now they are ready to tell their story. And I think it's cathartic to tell a story, whether it's in a book or on a stage, because it is basically putting the world on notice that this problem is no longer a problem for me. It right. is now something that I can share with people so that they can learn life lessons. It is now something that I can use as a landing board to grow from. And so I just, you know, whenever I hear moms telling their stories transparently, it it does something to me because it says that as a race of women, specifically black women, we are taking leaps forward. Because anytime you can tell people about something you've done that you feel like at some point in your life was shameful or was something that you did that you had to hide from and then you can get up in front of people or deliver people a book that says, I don't have this problem anymore. You know, that is just, to me, that's just the dopest thing that a woman can do to not necessarily prove her womanliness, but just to say, hey, you know, I'm a woman, I'm flawed, but that doesn't make me any less perfect than the day I was born. Mm -hmm. that's, that's definitely, we, we share that similarity, Ladina, because that's definitely where I'm coming from with my book and with the showcase. In the, did, ladies, did you have a question? I had one as mm -hmm. she was talking about um, uh, the abortion and things like that. It it went away. So if it comes back, I will I'll say okay. something. But it was it has nothing to do with that. For it went those, right away. For those who do not have children, rather it's by nature or by choice, do they, you know, can they still follow the same advice of nurture? Um, you know, LaShawn talked about just how much she loves your daughter and, and how nurturing she was. Well, not all the way because she forgot to feed her. Um, how nurturing she was. These, the blueprint and the guidelines that you provide in your book is, would you recommend it for those who don't have children? It sounds like a stupid question, but people who say, well, I don't have, I don't have kids, so this doesn't apply to me. You still have yeah, that type a of question, nurture. Yeah, that's really a good question because I'm interested in the book, so I don't have children. I never right. experienced getting pregnant or, you know, mm -hmm. having an abortion or anything like that, but I still want to know the story, like the backstory of it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, would so it be beneficial to, for me as well? Definitely. Actually, if you go on Amazon and look for the Brown Mama Mindset book, one of the first reviews actually says that. She was like, I don't think you need to be a mom to read this book. This is a book that every Black woman should read. Because the Brown Mama Mindset is really not a book that is specifically about motherhood or mothering. The book is really about adopting a mindset of understanding that you are growing every day through obstacle. That mm -hmm. obstacle is the primary means of growth. And also yeah. understanding that motherhood is a course. It's your, Motherhood is not just about raising kids. Mm -hmm. It's really about any woman who has children will tell you that the moment you have a kid, not only does your biology change, but your psychology changes. Yes, it does. Psychology changes, your emotions change, the way you look at life spiritually and intellectually completely changes. It's like, it's like a, 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 I use the analogy in the book, it's like you're at the, the, the starting line about to run the 50 yard dash and somebody shoots that gun. Everything changes in an instant. You go from being still to being mobile mm -hmm. and that is the what what motherhood does to a woman 
And so you can use that same analogy, whether you're talking about starting your first day of college, whether you're talking about getting married, whether you're talking about having had an abortion and not having children, you can use that same amount analogy. It's about allowing the obstacles in your life to transform you and giving you a set of principles that you can use along that journey to kind of make sure that you are always in that progressive movement. So that's really what the Brown Mama Mindset is about. It's about giving you 15 solid practical principles that you can use throughout every step of your life to say, hey, where am I moving? And is the direction I'm moving in moving towards the real me or is it moving away from the real me? Because I was actually, today I started recording the audiobook format for the Brown Mama Mindset. And one of the things that really resonated with me again when I read the book, because most of the principles are not principles I've mastered. They're principles I've learned and I'm trying to master. But one of the things that really resonated with me today when I was reading it back was just that constant check-in that you need to do to figure out if what the, if the experiences that you are currently having are really real for you. Mm. Are you doing this to prove to something to someone? Are you doing it so that you can make yourself look in a certain light? Is what you're doing really in alignment with the person that you see yourself becoming? So that's really what the Brown Mama Mindset is. It's about developing a mindset that is constantly working towards wholeness for you, not working towards, you know, fulfilling other people's needs, not working towards doing things because you feel like this is what your kids need. None of that. It's about figuring out where, where's your center? Where are you centered at as a woman? And then deciding on a set of guidelines to help you stay in that place. I'm glad you said that because reading some of your book, I did notice it wasn't just about for motherhood. It was just becoming the best you that you can be. So I thought right. that was good. And so this one thing that you said, it was you use manifesting your life's purpose, um, which is very important to me. And and because I sometimes I'm hesitant about reading things that they say that it's for mothers because some people think since you don't have since you don't have children like myself that you wouldn't understand how it feels to be a mother and I I definitely disagree with that because there are children in my life that are so important to me as if I birthed them that mm -hmm. I would go through anything for them right. Any so you, but I've, I've had you know, plenty of people that have children, they'll, they'll tell me, you don't understand because you don't have a kid. And I want to say, you don't understand because you don't have a brain. Right. That is You're not still a woman at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. Right. You know, so. The heart is you care. You know, right. It mean right. When you become a mother that, and, and Muffy, you are absolutely right. You, you become mobile and you like your, your psyche does change your, 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 and I think this may be what people are not explaining when they say that when you become a mother, I don't know what it is with your thinking, but your thinking is like, you will, I don't, I can't even explain it. Like there's just things that you'll, it, it, it really it's just, say it again. One of the things I like to explain to people about becoming a mother is that it is a cosmic shift you become a world to a person. A person is ruminating in your womb and you are its world. There is nothing else. It is influenced by nothing else. When it looks at the stars and moon, it sees, it sees your womb. <laughs> There's nothing else. There's nothing. The experience is a, it's, it's an essence from within you that changes because one of the things that Diamante says in the foreword of the book is she says, my love for my children is the very marrow of my bones. Mm -hmm. Flesh yeah. of my flesh. It's it's everything. So when this thing, mm -hmm. I remember the day I had my son. I don't even think the whole time I was pregnant, I really grasped what was happening. And mm -hmm. so it came out and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> a person. Yeah. <laughs> like he's here. That came out of me that I think I put there, but I'm not so sure. I, I had a whole role in putting that there. So I think it's just, there is a shift that happens in the mind of a woman that when she gives birth, 
but there's also other ways to birth and manifest in your life. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yes. I was talking to one of my girlfriends on the phone this morning and I was like, brown mamas for me has been birthing a child. A child. There are weeks upon weeks upon weeks where I've gotten up and I've thought about nothing except this. And that is, I've thought about it before my kids. I've thought about it before my husband. I've thought about it before my own well-being because I was birthing something. So Mm -hmm. I will never Mm -hmm. take that from another woman. Birthing is birthing. Right. And there are, but I think regardless of what you're birthing, regardless of whether it's a vision, a child, a thing, a being, you have to know who you want to become through this experience. And that is the reason why I will say sometimes some people ain't meant to have kids because that person birthed a child and they in no way stay stay centered to what their mission should have been. They, they life is worse. You know what I'm saying? So so no matter what you are birthing, you need guiding principles. You Mm -hmm. need that you need things and ways of being in your life that keep you focused and centered on what the mission is. And really at the end of the mission, they, you are the mission. You are always the mission. The woman in and of herself is always the mission. So sometimes we think about kids as in, you know, my kids need me to raise them. And I always like to tell moms, now you need to rephrase that. You need to raise your kids. Your kids are growing you up. Your kids are teaching you lessons. Your kids are giving you principles to guide you if you listen, if you pay attention, if you're not such an authoritative figure in their life that you can allow them to have some sway in terms of influencing your way of being. Because that's the reason why they're here. They Mm. chose you. You didn't choose them. They said that is the place where I am going to manifest my best self. So I'm going to go there. And when we they get here and we don't and we don't stay centered and understanding that we are the mission, that's when things start to go awry. That's when moms start to beat themselves up over things that they couldn't or shouldn't or wouldn't do. That's when moms start to feel like I can't take care of myself because I gotta take care of everybody else. Because you're not realizing that unless you're well, that child is not gonna have a chance in hell if you mm-hmm. ain't and that's really what the Brown Mama mindset is about. That's what the whole Brown Mama movement is about. It's about recognizing that you are on a divine journey as a woman. And your yeah. journey is all about you, not nobody else. It's about you. But I think people get so, okay. when they become moms or they have a family, everything becomes centered around the family and everyone forgets about themselves. Yeah, and, and that is such a difficult thing to transition from, you know, thinking about your husband and your children to just doing you. Right. And, and if, especially if you're a family-oriented person, because it takes me, it takes me a while to sometimes think about myself, because my family will tell you, I'm the one that makes the telephone calls. I'm the one that do the arrangements. Mm-hmm. And I remember a friend of mine, that when, I, when I was, we were dating, and he said to me, Stop, they're going to be fine. And I thought, you're so selfish to think about yourself. And he was like, you're so selfish to think about everything revolves around you. And he was like, take time and just do something for yourself. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, I just had a friend true. say that to me. And I think there, there has to be a balance in life. You know, I think that's how we get so um, bitter in our lives and, and, and what we think yeah. is, you know, the regrets, the guilt, the shame comes up because yeah. You know, yeah. there are things that we wish we would have done and we didn't do it, but not knowing that we can still do those things, you know, no matter the age. I'm seeing 98 year olds lifting weights and things like that. Like, okay, so why is my big behind sitting in this chair eating snacks? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Muffy said, I mean, you really have to be focused. Like when yeah, I had my kids, I graduated with my bachelor's with 2.1, ki- two and a half kids. So I was pregnant at the time, you know, when I graduated, it took me seven years to do that. But 
it was an accomplishment for me because I knew yep. that that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, and it got and done. Right, yeah. right. And it got done. Right. right. And then when you move on to that next task, it's just saying, look, I have to get this done. Even though you have a whole family or whatever your responsibilities are, it's how, you, how can I balance my life to get my goal done and yeah. still be able to have time for everyone else? We're at the two minute mark. Okay. I, I wish we had more time. Oh my gosh, we got to do this again. And we say this every time. All the dang on podcasts are good. Every single if time. If you're at the supermarket and you're listening <laughs> to this time. podcast, as I was last week when we had candy on, and I was like laughing, and I was like, oh, that's good. And then and people looking at me like, the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, it's okay. It's the Hey Go Hey podcast. So that's what you do. Tell your neighbor that you listen to the Hey Go Hey podcast. So, uh, Ladina <laughs> and Muffy, Ladina, real quick, how can we get in touch with you? How can we find your book is their facebook page email address muffy uh after she's finished you give your your handle as well um, my book is on amazon killing grace arise the restoration i am on facebook i am on instagram instagram and twitter is victorious faith v-i-c-t-o-r-y-o-u-s you can find um, the Brown Mama Manaset on Amazon, but I would prefer that you buy it on brownmamas.com. That's B-R-O-W-N-M-A-M-A-S.com. Um, you can also find me there. Just look on the Meet Muffy tab. Um, this is Jerry's time. Jerry's time is to tell it, tell everybody how to find us. (laughs) This is her time, so we're gonna have to sit back and wait. This is not this is my favorite part of the show. I let us work. If you want to catch up on past episodes of the Hey Girl Hey podcast. You can find us on the following platforms. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, oh my gosh, everymediatoday.com, and Anchor FM. <laughs> 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 LaShawn, do you want to let folks know how they can find us on social media? This is LaShawn's part. This is, this is the funniest part. <laughs> I'm for real. Now on Instagram and Facebook, we can be reached at at the Hey Girl Hey podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and then at Hey Girl 2018 on Twitter. And you can email us at the Hey Girl Hey podcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions about our show or any topics or any idea, ideas about the show, you can call us at 412-709-6130 and leave a message. Hey! And leave a message after the beat. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. I hope you thought thank of you. your I hope you thought of your chick names because you gotta have a chick name at the end. I am your radio chick Kiki Brown. I am the chatter chick LaShawn Tipton. Okay, and I'm the millennial chick Jerry Tipton. <laughs> Muffy, you got a chick name? I'm your mama. The chick. brown mama chick. <laughs> The mama chick. Oh, your mama chick. Your mama your chick. Mama the brown mama chick. <laughs> the brown and mama chick. Ladina. Victoria's faith chick. The Victoria's okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. So Check us out every Saturday, 9.30 on Live 365 and tune in. Just search Urban Media today. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. Thank you. It's the Hey Girl Hey so Podcast much. on Urban Media today. Hey. Hello. You're listening to Urban Media Today Radio, your station for classic soul, R&B, old school hip hop, gospel, smooth jazz, and more. Listen online at urbanmediatoday.com or download the TuneIn, Live 365, or Urban Media Today Radio apps. They're free. So take us with you. It's Urban Media Today Radio.